What is your go-to activity when you want to cope with a stressing situation or procrastinate on doing something hard? What do you do when you don't want to be present in the moment? What distractions do you allow when you're working with a task that's overwhelming or uncomfortable? I think most of us spend a good chunk of our life numbed, doing things without intention that don't really make us feel fulfilled, even if we sort of think they do in the moment, leaving us feeling more anxious, sad, sometimes lonely and less motivated, and certainly moving slower towards the goals we want to accomplish. Here are some examples. Sugar, booze, hours scrolling on social media, busy being busy, online shopping, overbuying, hours spent binging TV. These habits aren't necessarily bad, but if we engage in them too often, or we think they make us happy, but they actually make us feel worse, or if we're using them to numb ourselves, it's a problem. Numbing habits are things we do to avoid, procrastinate, or distract ourselves from really feeling the feelings we are feeling or doing the hard things that need to be done. Today, we're unpacking how we numb and how to undo these habits in a way that makes it last so we can live very intentional and present lives. Let's go. You're listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast, where we're obsessed with life hacks that make your life more awesome. Your host, Lindsay Dickhout, is an entrepreneur and business owner, a mom and wife, and someone who wants to do things over the top at all times. This concept started as a collection of things Lindsay has learned that she was documenting to give to her kids one day, and now it's a podcast. Join us on this journey where we talk about how to be awesome at everything we do. Here's Lindsay. Welcome back to the podcast. Today's topic is I'm obsessed with it. I really, I mean, I always do a deep dive into whatever topic we're talking about, but this time I'm telling you, like, it got me so fired up reading and listening to all these different things and all these different perspectives all around, all around the topic of how we have numbing habits, things we do to avoid other things or when we don't want to feel uncomfortable. So we search out things that make us feel comfortable and actually allow us to procrastinate. I am obsessed with the concept of living an intentional life. So not just letting things happen, but really being intentional about our days, our weeks, our months, so that we don't wake up in a year from now exactly in the same place that we are because we're being intentional about goals and growth and where we want to be. But man, this is one of those things that, and my favorite types of topics are topics that I wish I would have known years ago. And this 1000% falls in that category mainly when it comes to business. And now that I've done this big deep dive and I've like submerged myself in this topic of ways that we often numb, we use numbing habits to avoid things, it's so crystal clear in my personal life how I've done it, in my business life. So I hope that this, my goal with this podcast is to really have you ask these same questions of yourself that I've asked. And I think it's the absolute best way to kind of reverse those behaviors. This is one of the biggest insights I've had because when when we've done other topics on habits or I've read books about habits, a lot of times it's like switching the habit or just trying to quit the habit. But really when we get into this concept of losing numbing habits, it's all about getting in there and feeling the actual feelings to work through it, whatever it is that you're trying to avoid. 
so much good stuff, like so, so much good stuff in this. So first, I want to give you an example of how I know, I didn't know at the time, but I know now how I would use a numbing habit. My husband, Craig, is a super fun guy. He used to go on lots of boys trips. And as you know, my husband has health issues and I always worried so much that he would um, that he would just be too hard on his body and that something would happen to him. I would just be so worried about it. So if he would go away on a boys trip, I would pick up the, the kids from school on a Friday and I, I'd head right to the mall. I used to love a mocha from Nordstrom. I don't get it anymore, but I used to love it. So it was kind of like, let's all go for a snack. And then I'd have my double stroller usually when my girls were younger and I'd just cruise them all for hours, sometimes over shopping, but really more so it was just, it was just like almost a shopping, not addiction, but it was definitely a numbing habit. I didn't want to go home and be home with him not being home and just be in a quiet home thinking about what he could be doing or if he was safe or if he, you know, if I was going to get a bad call then I, whatever it is. I, that was how I numbed it. I didn't feel the feelings. And I mean, listen, I was honest and I talked through with him like all my concerns, but honestly, rather than really realizing what it was, I just made a habit of if he was out of town, Friday, pick up the kids, head to the mall. And it was my numbing habit that I would, that I would just go. And again, I think that I think it's so interesting. And sometimes I would overbuy that I would I would just kind of buy things, more things than I needed, not even always spending a lot of money, just buying in excess because it somehow made me feel better. It was comfort, like a comfort food for numbing the feelings that I was actually feeling and just trying to suppress. And I think that's so much of what this topic is about. And I really believe that a big percentage of us, myself included, um, spend so much time numb, like walking around numb. And here's why. It's so easy. It's never been easier in the history of the planet to numb your feelings because in our phone, we have all these, I mean, every possible addiction. You could have a shopping addiction, a gambling addiction, a social media addiction, all these things. It's just so accessible. So I think it's so important that we are self-aware and ask ourselves these questions. And it makes sense, right? We don't want to risk rejection or failure. So we avoid uncertain situations and go to a numbing habit instead. We don't want to be present in the moment. So we distract ourselves scrolling on our phone. But what if we faced these numbing habits head on? and found a way to not go back to them, not because we've just told ourselves, you know, that we're going to delete Instagram off our phone, like we're, we're kind of a, we're making it a rule, we're banning it, but totally the opposite. We're actually going to the root of it and really like spending time figuring out what it is we're avoiding or procrastinating on or, or kind of suppressing what feelings. So like when I, when I would read, books on habits, the most advice would be delete the app, avoid social media for a month, things like this to make yourself stop doing whatever bad habit or less desirable habit. And while this could work for some people, I really think it doesn't get to the root of the issue. So here's the tactical, practical advice on this. Feel all the feelings. Be honest with yourself about what you're avoiding, what you're procrastinating on, etc. So you can work through it and decide, actually be intentional and decide not to deal with it in the same way. Once you understand 
why you do it, it's so much easier to switch out that action for another one that actually serves you. I did this a ton in business. If something was uncomfortable or challenged me, and I've always thought of myself as someone who doesn't feel fear failure. And I think in some ways I did a good job at that, but other ways I didn't. So I would have a, a hard task or a long task in business on my to-do list, no exaggeration, for like a year, rather than making the hard call, you know, that was like a 50% chance that I would fully just fall on my face or finish a really long report that could help take us to the next level in one of our retail spaces for Million Dollar Tan. I'd let it sit on my to-do list. And guess what I did? I stayed busy being busy. So fully avoiding the hard and uncomfortable, not moving forward in the way I should because we get ourselves stuck. We get ourselves stuck in avoiding, avoiding risk of failure or rejection. So we don't actually do the things, procrastinate and distract instead. Let's go through a full list of more examples of numbing habits. I'm going to get to this now so that as we go through the kind of the rest of the podcast, you can kind of really be thinking what ways you may be numb out. I think top of the list for a lot of people is social media. There are so many layers to this, but it leads to so many things. It leads to comparing ourselves to others and feeling inadequate in some way. It leads to spending way more time than we want just scrolling looking for nothing in particular. We're literally just browsing, scrolling. And I know we've all done it where you look up and it's been two or three hours later and you're like, oh my gosh, like how did that even happen? I think that's one of the biggest ways that we numb out. And the problem with doing this is then the days just go by. Like when you spend hours numb, not only are we not feeling certain feelings, but I think that also it's just kind of like the time passes and you wake up and it's been a month and we're spent in that time that we're numbed out. We're not being intentional and thinking like really thinking about what we're doing and what the next step is, what the next goal is, what makes us happy, what makes us feel fulfilled, what we're sad or frustrated or angry about. It's just easier rather than laying in bed at night and reflecting on the day and feeling working through thoughts and feelings. It's easier just to scroll. Like, of course it is. It's entertaining, but then it's just, it's not, it's not, it's not, not serving you. It's just not. Okay. More examples. Texting. I think that texting, of course, is a great way to connect with friends and family, but it can also be a huge time suck and it can also be really addictive, right? So you sit down at your desk to work on maybe this this sales email that would just, if it worked, it could just take your business life to the next level. But you sit down, one text come in, you send a text and then you send another text. Oh, you got, how about, do you want to go to a concert? Okay, how about you? And listen, I, I'm all about connecting with your people and having a strong inner circle. But I think that there are times when texting like this can become, and I know because I've done it myself, it's just an avoidance tactic, right? It's a way to entertain yourself, kind of get a instant, you know, like an instant 
satisfaction from chatting and connecting, but it can often be used as a way to avoid other things, other hard things or other things that need to be done. And before you know it, you're two hours on social media, you're two hours texting, you're two hours numbing out to, you know, reality TV that doesn't make you feel good. And listen, that's all your free time for the day. The day is done. You've numbed out a couple hours. You wake up and you do it all over again the next day. More examples, video games, TVs, movies, again, habits that I think if we're being intentional about it, it can totally serve us. It's entertaining. It's fun to watch with your family or your friends. It can be bonding, like 100% not saying that, you know, binge watching is a negative thing. In fact, I can think I think it can be a really great fun thing. But I think in some ways, it's avoidance. And like social media, it can make us compare our lives to other people, especially if you're watching lots of reality TV. It can make you feel worse. And often it can just be a huge time suck. Now, listen, if you feel fulfilled in your life and you're present in all the other ways, and that's like your favorite thing to do at the end of the day, then and you feel like it's it's making you genuinely feel happy, then it's not a numbing habit. But if you feel like that's just your go-to after work, you're stressed out, you don't like your coworkers, you're irritated with your boss or whatever it is, or the kids have been really hard, you have more wine than makes you feel good, and you watch more hours of reality TV that makes you feel good, I think it's a way to avoid dealing with how we really feel. Next one, and this is probably top of the list for me, busy being so busy that you aren't actually present. It's very interesting because it feels good to be busy. You're productive. You cross things off the list. You feel like you're moving forward. I always think of Tony Robbins that says happiness equals progress. Like progress is happiness. And I think for me, that's why being busy feels good because I know that I'm accomplishing things and I'm crossing things off the list. But I think it is very easy being busy, being so busy can be an avoidance. Like I said, in business, I have fully avoided doing those hard things that I could fail at or that could take me to the next level that just that were just hard, but I was busy. So it's like, oh, well, I'm just I'm so busy. I'll get to it, but I'm just busy, you know, and it, it made me justify it because it's not like I was laying around. I was always busy. So I'll get to it when I have time. And then before you know it, I'd wake up a year later and it was still on the to do list. Something I kid you not, that was like less than a two hour project. And then once I finally did it, and sometimes it worked or sometimes I didn't, but once I finally did it, then all of a sudden, maybe I got more, I can think of a couple of times where it worked and our, our brand instantly got to the next level up, you know, the next step up and we made more money. And I was literally like, are you kidding me? That thing that took me two hours and this has been sitting on my to-do list for one year. And I was so busy being busy, avoiding, procrastinating how much, you know, if we would have made that step up a year earlier, how much we could have built on that. So just learning from those fails, I've just learned so much. And I know, don't be so busy being busy that you're not present. Sometimes when we're driving, my kids will be telling me a story and I'll just, I'm, I have it on my to-do list. I need to call and switch doctor's appointments, something that I can, you know, just do safely while I'm driving with my headset on. Um, but then sometimes I'll realize they'll be telling me a story and I'm on hold and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I could do this another time. Stop being so busy being busy that I'm not actually present to what's going on. The kids are looking outside. Parker has a question about how the mountains were formed and where volcanoes are and all the things. And I'm missing it because I'm so busy being busy. Like, no. So I've 
made myself, and I think probably the best remedy for this is sit and do nothing. Make yourself. Recenter. Be present. Feel the uncertainty. And even if you feel like you should get up and do something, don't. Do nothing to try to reverse this so busy being so busy. Next one, addictions like booze and drugs and smoking and gambling and I think even sugar. Always to numb out the feelings you don't want to feel. You know, you're triggered to go to these when you're stressed or sad or mad or tense. It's a way not to feel it. Same things with comfort foods or overeating. If it makes you feel worse at the end of it, it's not healthy for you. And I'm not even talking about physically, like probably that too, but mentally. And I love a good, I think that life is to be lived. I think you should have the wine. I think you should have the pizza. I think you should have the dessert. But what I'm talking about here is when you know, when you're being honest with yourself and you know you're using it to numb. And I'm the type of person I'll say like, it's, you know, sometimes people will be like, oh, I'm so stressed. I lost 10 pounds. I'm like, how does that happen? I think I'm the person that like, when I'm enjoying life, I I eat all the things that I enjoy. And when I'm stressed out, I eat my feelings. I, you know, it's just kind of like, it makes sense. But I've really gotten in touch with realizing and not beating myself up because listen, tomorrow's a new day and you could make a different decision the next day. So I'm not hard on myself anymore like I used to be. But I'm just so much more aware of, wait a minute, like, am I really just enjoying this? Or am I like overdoing it to the point to where I don't feel good after and I'm doing it to escape a feeling of something else? That's when it's not healthy. Last one, losing it or having a crazy moment. It's like if you, you know, if you bang your elbow and then you yell at the last person who slightly irritated you rather than losing it lean into the actual feeling or the insecurity, you know, rather than taking it out on somebody else. And that's just a literal example, banging your arm. But I think that one of these ways that we numb our actual feelings is by taking it out on someone else who probably has nothing to do with it, rather than actually being like, okay, let's back up a little bit. Like, why do we feel like this? What is this feeling that we, that we're, you know, expressing in the wrong way here? It's all, it's all so interesting. And I think that sometimes these things trick you. We trick ourselves into thinking it makes us feel happy because instantly when you're scrolling Instagram, it makes you feel happy. It's entertaining. You see some friends, you see some other people, you learn some recipes and some workouts. But if you're spending, you know, two to three hours at night before bed, it's probably not helping you. It's probably keeping you stuck and maybe even making you depressed or less confident or less motivated. Often we try to change the habits by saying, these habits are bad. I need to stop this bad habit. But I really think to make it sustainable, rather than trying to change the behavior, understand why. What role is it playing in our life right now? Think about New Year's resolutions and January 1st. Most people make these big resolutions, stick to them for a few weeks max, and then go back to their regular ways. Why doesn't it work? Because they didn't address the actual issue, you know? It's like when you come home and you numb your work stress with alcohol, or you don't wanna address a or a conflict or a problem, so you just numb out on TV and you talk to nobody. Here's why all of this is so important. Why would we wanna live a watered down life? Like. 
We don't want to wake up when we're 90 and have regrets. So I often think when I'm trying to prioritize things, what will you regret the least when you're 90 and work backwards? Also, so much of the quality of our health comes down to lifestyle and environment. We know the thoughts we think and the words we say can make us well or they can make us sick. Studies after studies have shown it. And stress is real. The emotional stress is real. And it can make us sick just like other things can. So emotional stress needs to be worked through, not numbed out with a bad habit. And I think often if we're honest with ourselves when we're in those situations, we'll realize like maybe we had a few extra glasses of wine or bars of chocolate to numb the feelings or not feel through the feelings, feel through the pain, cry it out, think it out, journal it out, talk it out, fix it. Instead, we go to whatever's comfortable that helps us numb through it so we can just get through it, wake up the next day, and carry on. The whole concept of not wanting to numb your life is because we want to, again, not live a watered-down life, but also we want to be intentional and actually design our life, not just go with the flow, not just do what we've always done because we've always done it, not just do what we see other people doing because that's just what everyone's doing. As a kid, we're taught, we're born creative, right? And then we're taught to stand in lines and not jump in muddy puddles if we don't have a change of clothes. But that's the whole thing is that's how you're creative. And I think too much when I, when I see my little preschooler in lines, I understand there's 20 preschoolers in a class. They need to be in strict lines. But I also think, man, we got to be very careful that we don't squash their creativity. I think kids are born so creative and our job is to keep them creative. And the same thing with us. Think about how creative you are when you're a kid and you you do things like without worrying about consequences, not big things, but like splashing in muddy puddles because it's fun. You know, that's like not living a watered down life. That's getting out there and like doing those fun things, not just going, not just doing what other people are doing. I think that along these lines, sometimes we numb who we are so we don't stand out or we're not seen as weird because we worry about the judgment of other people. I think this one almost needs its own podcast on its own because I think there's something so special about being who you are authentically are and having enthusiasm, even if it's like, even if it's a little bit too much sometimes, but just like being who you really are and not being afraid to be weird or be eccentric. I just think there's just something so cool and empowering and it breeds self-confidence and and happiness and joy and emotion. It's just like living life full in, all in. I love it. So, but anyways, back to this, procrastination and distractions. I think that those are two of the key concepts in this that we really need to focus on. And I think hopefully after this podcast, you'll realize when you're doing it. You'll realize when all of a sudden you get into like hours of text messaging and realize I'm procrastinating what I actually need to be accomplishing here. Or I'm just creating a distraction because I don't want to sit at dinner and have that uncomfortable talk with my spouse or whatever situation you're in. I think that facing things head on, they're often not as scary as you think they're going to be and you feel so much better. 
the thing about numbing something is it feels good or you think it feels good in the moment, but later it doesn't feel good. Long term, it doesn't feel good. And I think that as you as you wake up again, wake and I've done this in different areas of my life. I wake up a year later in my business life and I'm at the exact same spot I was a year before because I did these things, kind of these numbing habits. And I honestly didn't realize I wasn't being honest with myself. I wasn't aware of this whole kind of concept. And I think it's just so cool. Talking about your feelings, I'll end on I'll end on this because I think it's one of the most kind of like impactful, powerful parts of this. Here's the thing about when you refrain, refrain from running through your feelings. They're not comfortable, these difficult, challenging things and feelings and dealing with tricky things. They're not comfortable, but they're not unbearable. They're, it's not un- impossible. You're stronger than you think for sure. And the more you flex this muscle, the stronger it gets. Once you get comfortable being uncomfortable, you have more confidence and more comfort. Another thing is physically change your state. Like go for a bike ride, go for a run, listen to loud music instead of going to those numbing habits. You know, it's like you change your physical state, you change your mental state, like shake it up. And I think that that's why it's important to stick to routines that are serve you and ditch routines that don't serve you. And I think sometimes these numbing habits we can just see as our routine. You know, we come home, we feel good all day. We don't really like our job. So then we, you know, kind of eat healthy all day, but then you eat three cartons of ice cream on the couch. Again, nothing wrong with having dessert. I have dessert every night, but it's just like more than what feels good for you. And it's a, it's a comfort. It's an instant gratification comfort that you think will make you feel better, but really doesn't because it's masking the bigger problem, the issue, the issue you're avoiding. And then also in the short term, you don't feel as good because that's not what your body really needed. Same thing with scrolling social media. It's entertaining. It's, I mean, there's just something new every single swipe and you can pop into different lives and, you know, and in a way I think you can learn. I think there's so much value to come from it. But if you're doing it three hours a night instead of talking to your spouse in bed, or instead of being with your kids, or being with yourself. I think that it not only can it be a time suck in your life, and we know that time is our most valuable resource, and the days go by so quickly. Once you calculate in all the things you must do, and grooming, and eating, and going to the dentist, and whatever it is you have to do each day, there's just not a lot of hours of free time, time that you get to choose what you want to do. And I think that the whole point is be intentional about how you spend that time because we don't want to live on autopilot and just do the same things. And we don't want to live a watered down version of what we could be. So when you need to cope and you don't want to just sit in the problem that you have, I think changing your physical state is like one of the best. You don't have to sit in a dark room alone to feel all the feelings, but you should feel through them some way, in some way that makes you feel energized and empowered and and like you can tackle it head on. It's okay to feel sad and to feel stressed. That's the whole point of this, to feel all the feelings, not suppress them. It's one of the best forms, I think, of self-love, actually, to not reject your feelings and experience the present moment. I think another thing that we do, a a numbing habit, 
it's a little bit different than the ones we've talked about, but living in the past, I think can be a numbing habit because it's a way to not be present and a way to not live in what you're living in now. If you allow yourself to kind of keep going back and replaying things, often negative things in the past, um, I think that's a way of numbing the present rather than being present and dealing with what you have today. I think that sometimes living in the past or dwelling on past mistakes or or regrets can really get you stuck. And that's the whole point of this is to be unstuck and not live a good chunk of our life numbed, to not be afraid of risk and rejection or failure, but to face your face what face your feelings head on be honest with yourself about what you're avoiding or you're procrastinating so you can work through it and not just deal with it in this same kind of comfort way that doesn't serve you in the long term i think that hopefully after listening to this podcast you feel more comfortable getting uncomfortable, being honest with yourself and changing it up, realizing when you're wasting time, distracting yourself on purpose, procrastinating, or just doing something that like I was doing, being busy just to be oh so busy. You're not actually present. You're not looking around. You're not experiencing the day, talking to the people that you, you know, around you, strangers and people you love. All these things that are, that, you know, I feel like we've slowly, we get less and less of because our eyes are focused on our phone or we're scrolling and we're texting and we're updating and we're Facebooking and social media and pinging and texting. And it's just like, it's just so much. And again, it makes sense. It's so easy. We have this addictive device in our hands and we can just escape. But I think that the self-control of it is harder. But I always remind myself, you either have the pain of discipline or you have the pain of regret. And sometimes when I have a tendency to open my phone and just numb out, I think I'd rather have discipline right now, even though that feels like what I want to do. I'd rather have the pain of discipline and actually like work through this or go call call the person and have that difficult conversation or deal with this head on or deal with my own emotions or my own failure or my own my own sadness whatever is going on rather than just opening it up and scrolling because then you have the pain of regret then you could wake up 3 months later and the problem is bigger and maybe if you would have just worked through it then you could have worked through it felt all the feelings close that chapter and move on but by numbing it it just it doesn't go away it just makes it grow or makes it buried and you still have to deal with it you're not getting out of dealing with it that's what that's that's the thing that's the thing with with um suppressing instead of actually feeling all the feelings i love the concept of this i hope that this brought lots of value and the next time you go to one of your go to numbing habits you will choose the pain of discipline rather than have the pain of regret later It's hard in the moment, but it's so much better long-term. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the How to Be Awesome at Everything podcast. For more info about today's episode and all past episodes, head over to howtobeawesomeateverything.com, where we break it all down. Tell us what you thought of today's topic on Lindsay's Instagram, at Lindsay's Cloud. Until next time, Go out and be awesome because that's exactly what you are.